When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, welcome in to new edition of the Winning Plays podcast. My name is Brian Robb and joined today by Chris Forsberg of NBC Sports Boston. Chris, Vibes are back, Brian. Vibes are back, B-Rob. They're back. Thought about doing this recording earlier this week. Thought about hitting you up on Monday. (laughs) To be like, but then I figured no, this we we need a we need a measuring stick game mm. to take the temperature of things a little bit more in terms of where this team is right now. And that is what we saw on Tuesday night. And this winning plays podcast episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the f- exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. You can go to fanduel.com slash Boston, claim your two hundred dollar bonus right now. But Chris. When you look at where this team came into Tuesday night's game, how like how big of a priority did you just place on this game, yeah. big picture wise? And I mean, we we saw you you know post game kind of bringing it down on NBC Sports <laughs> Boston, but like, is there anything to complain Losing about my mind. after what they what what we saw there on across all fronts? Yeah. So like, look, I was in a I was in a dark space after Saturday night. That was uh that was a rough game to to watch. And uh, I think it just accentuated everything that you've sort of felt over the past, I don't know, two months, like since they've sort of been just on the roller coaster, like some nights it looks really good, but then they let their foot off the gas and it turns bad. And then you lose to the Rockets and you lose to Utah and it, the, the late game execution is terrible and the personnel decisions are terrible. And so uh, I think it was fair to be, you know, slightly uh, concerned about the direction of the team. And now in the same regard, I don't sit here because they beat the Kings and think everything's solved and everything's fixed. It's great that, you know, they get the pep talk from Al and uh, it's all sunshine and puppy dogs and unicorns for one day. Uh, I hope they string together a stretch here over the final nine that gives you a little bit more optimism about where they're going. Uh, but it was good that they course corrected so much so quickly. So, and look, getting Rob back, getting Tatum back, playing at a at a decent at a at a more efficient level, that solves ninety percent of your issues. But Joe tightening the rotation and actually locking in on eight guys was a godsend. Like that needs to happen more often. The fact that Derek White got so many minutes, and uh, I mean, and, and and then the interesting part is just like sticking with that lineup. So uh, again, one game. Kings were on a back-to-back. I'm not trying to take anything away from it. It was the first, maybe the first 48 minute effort of the season. Like, is that, is that crazy to say? Uh, Definitely 2023. 
Yeah, so certainly the best effort of of post All Star, certainly the best effort that because in the immediate aftermath, I sat there and I said, "What was the last time they just dominated a game like that?" In terms, of, and I know they were down seven, but then the middle part of that game, they just blew it open. You know, Phoenix, like way back when, but one of those Cleveland the, games the they Nets played game. really the Nets yeah. game, like the Kyrie, the the, yeah. the move that made Kyrie ask for a trade that that in the early February one thirty nine ninety six. But you're right, there's Feels- those have been few and far between. Feels like nine years ago. So uh, it, it it is good. It uh, it makes me sound slightly more rational to embrace what they're doing. Still some work to be done, uh, but yeah, like a, a, a nice reminder of what is possible when this team is healthy and engaged. All right. Well, I agree with all that, but I want to get we we you've glazed over the most important part of Tuesday night was is Ooh. the return of Robert Williams. Yes, um, I, I didn't want I didn't want to jump the gun, B Rob. You know, I, I, I know, sure. I know, but this is like. This is priority one, two, three, four right now for, <laughs> for you when you're when you're on these airwaves. So early impressions, both how he looks and be the I mean, we, we've talked about this before. We talked about this on the, the Celtics show on, on Saturday in terms of like the mm-hmm. bench versus the starting lineup for Rob right now. Um, an easy decision when you bring him back. But now where you expect that to stick or what? How do you expect that mm-hmm. to be kind of played out here in the rest of the regular season? So so a few things. One, like I like that he just kind of like eased back in. I thought it, the most noticeable play for me was I think Granka called for the foul on the baseline, but uh, Rob jumped twice. Maybe Rob got the foul. I forget what like the, the, the exact sequence, but the fact that he jumped twice, like the double jump, like it, it just said, okay, like it's sort of back to like what he can do. And I don't even know if he was doing that when he first came back from the knee. And so little, little things like that make me encouraged about what Rob can do and like his health and didn't seem to be, hindered it all by the hamstring didn't really do anything above the rim or anything like that but enough of uh slips and finishing dunks from tatum that uh i'm encouraged and by the way the the rim stuff that's a good thing stay away from the rim for the rest (laughs) of the team like until the playoffs i don't want anything above the rim from him like yeah i you know i don't don't know if i like don't do anything (laughs) stupid keep him keep him on the ground keep him him safe i'm not sure i disagree you know it's so funny because when we were talking on saturday i said the same thing i was like i don't you know i don't care if he plays a ton of minutes I want him healthy for the playoffs. That's all that matters at this point. You got to get through nine more games and shake some rust, make this thing look better. The passing, obviously, too. Like when he's out there, it's just it zips and like there's he just plays hot potato and he wants to get that ball moving. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Celtics had some of their best ball movement in a while when Rob back out there. Now the lineup thing. So I don't know if you saw it, but so Abby had the pregame interview with Joe last night and sort of said, "How much do you need to see your starting lineup?" And he said. Well, I don't know if that's our starting lineup. We've started, you know, 61 games or whatever with with Derek White this year. And so that's interesting to me because Tatum had talked on the road trip about, you know, that five gives him the highest ceiling and, you know, wanting to get back to that lineup and maybe getting some rust off of there. But that health was the priority. I wonder if 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 this is more this is an indication where in part because of their big depth and in part because, you know, like they're rolling right now and the numbers are great with Derek. Maybe they're just going to ride this thing out with the five out starting lineup and, you know, pick their spots to go double big. And, you know, I don't even know how much that will be. Um, maybe there'll be series. You have to go double big. Maybe there's like, you know, you feel like you need more size against the bucks or whatever. And so you go double big, but uh, I'm, I'm left wondering if, 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 uh, if, if, if the preferred five is no longer the preferred five. I'm with you on this. And, you know, we've we've questioned a lot of things with Joe Mazzullo this year, but this is I think this is a good fact that he's thinking that way right now, because 
like you said, I think depending on the matchup, that could be the clear cut. Might have to go to the the old school starting five. But the Celtics have been at their best this year with with Derek White in the starting lineup, going back to the first two months of the season. And so you need to relay rely more on that data right now, I think, in terms of in terms of playing to your strengths, which is offense, when everything is going right, um, rather than trying to force your way back into a group that could be great, but we have just we just haven't seen it this year. And that's not, I mean, it's been tiny sample size. It's not to say that that's not going to be an important lamp for this group in the playoffs, because I think it very much will be. Mm-hmm. But if depending on the matchup, if they like to start small there, it it takes care of a lot of the like the, the rotational stuff with the bigs. You don't have to worry as much about, you know, going to a Blake Griffin or a Luke Cornett right. and for spot minutes if um and I think it protects Rob a little bit too in terms of um getting his feedback under him. But I'm not convinced it's going to the right move, but I would like to, it'd be nice to have that lineup be like the adjustment in a series as opposed right. to being like the other way around. I feel like. And, and, and that's where I'm at is it's, you know, okay, I get it. There's familiarity there. And again, you go back to the numbers, like you said, I, it, it's baffling that, that, that the, uh, what I call the preferred five last year, starting five has been so poor. I think minus 20 net rating since the all-star break, when you thought they'd sort of start to find their groove and yet they've been so bad defensively and it just makes no sense and i do wonder what a larger sample size would tell us but there's just not there's no way to get a larger sample size two right. back-to-backs remaining you know al's gonna sit those out you assume rob will sit out some portion of them as well uh so you know what you're just not gonna get a long look at it so if, if the decision is hey we're really good with Derek white on the floor and we can accentuate ways to keep Derek white on the floor and this is one of those ways like even last night you know a ton of minutes for him even with with three guards healthy so Imagine that. Uh, that. Imagine that. Uh, I, would you believe it, B Rob? That they, they, they I, I, I did love that he came back in like essentially crunch time for even though the game was put away there. And uh, but no, uh, you know, I don't. I, I, I often wonder would if you gave Joe the true serum, would he would he admit that it's just like it's been a blind spot at times, or or you know, I, I get the size thing and against the Utah game, but you got to play your best players. No, it's it's no defense, no, right? There's just no no like we're. The, the defense was like when it happened in the Knicks game the first time, and then you make the right. and then you say the next time when you're the Utah game was just like we've seen what Luke Cornette looks like in crunch time in these games. <laughs> this is not an isolated incident where it's like oh they they, no. they 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 stopped being able to score right now and they were getting killed in the class. Like yes, this is what Luke Cornette like. Luke Cornette does a, is a fine regular season tenth or eleventh guy like yep. and they find like fourth, but, but there's a reason why he doesn't play in these spots and. Derek White is someone you gave up a lot of draft capital for who is playing really well. And you're playing a Utah team where guess what, Joe, like he's a big, he's a small ball guy. How does he not yeah. go to the small ball in that situation? It's just, I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, I loved how just, I, I lost my mind. You are on post game. It was, but it was, it was warranted. And so, and, and I just think it goes back to even in that situation where you're thinking, Putting a 6-3 guard on the floor is not going to solve your rebounding woes. And that's clearly the biggest issue in the game. They played great offense that game. Like, they didn't necessarily need Derek out there for that. But he just makes so many smart plays. He's so able to stay in front of guys. Like, I would have felt a lot more comfortable with Derek White preventing a Talon Horton Tucker drive than I would yes. that Luke Cornett on that back line. And it, having Luke and Muscala in there did nothing to solve the rebounding issue. So, at some point, you just have to say, all right, in theory, it makes most sense to have size. But in practice 
it's probably best to just put our best damn players out here, especially when we don't have Marcus Smart, and just see what happens. And look, I don't know. I would love an alternate universe where we could say, see, Joe, it would have worked. But, it, you know, we don't know. And, and there's no guarantees. But, um, yeah, it's it, it, same deal. Like, you know, people always do that thing where they say, uh, oh, an, an injury is uh, never never a good thing. But it, 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 you got to see that this guy could, like, step up and do this. Uh, I hope that if there's one positive, it's if they had to lose that game badly, it's a reminder, play Derek White. And yeah. I know the number. I, the number I kept getting doing last night was 35 minutes, you know, which is a lot of minutes. I don't expect them to, to hit that number every night in the playoffs. But 13 and two this year, one of those losses was the Milwaukee overtime debacle where they didn't have four starters and Derek actually played in overtime, which is ironic. And uh, another like Cleveland <laughs> OT game. So uh, go like it, it. It it bears out. He's just like Tatum, typically typical Tatum. When he's on the floor, good things happen. Play him, play him a whole bunch. If you play Derek White and Jason Tatum 40 minutes each in the playoffs, you should win the game. Right. And there there will be games where White doesn't have it, and that's fine. And you can pull him sure. like if he's if he's you know hesitant to shoot threes or whatever, like that that's fine. That's you have good alternatives in those places. But if not, if he's playing a classic Derek White game, like I said, to your point, this is a this is a normal numbers coach, a numbers organization, and they're everything. I mean, there's no doubt that those conversations are being had behind closed doors. But like you said, this may be uh, good in the long run that they have a situation like this being like, okay, we need to really look closely at this and make sure we are going with the guys we want to roll with at these critical points. And and Joe Mazzula got back to that in Sacramento. Like the team played really well, but guess what? Eight-man rotation. Yes. Grant in. Grant, which... Building off of a great Utah game that was marred by the, you know, yep. four alarm fire in the last ten seconds. <laughs> but yeah, this is and I mean we we hit on this a couple weeks ago. It's like who are you rolling off in the playoffs? Like yes. who are you wanting to build up right now? And Grant is getting back. I you know the numbers weren't great, but a lot of nice hustle plays, a lot of like mm-hmm. putbacks in key spots, just doing the little things. That's what you want from Grant in that spot. And then yeah, like play Derek White a lot and. Sam Hauser, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Like you, maybe we'll throw you in here or there for a spark, but it's um we, we need to get the uh get everyone in line in terms of how we want to play in, in a month from now. And so uh, uh, with with all apologies to the bus one boys who I I, I love dearly. Uh, if you if you don't see the bus one boys in the playoff, it's okay. You know, like good, there'll be spots for them. <laughs> Blake Blake will will play maybe some minutes against if you're lucky enough to see the bucks along the way, like you said, I think and see Hauser being that, Hey, everyone, Derek doesn't have it going. No one has it going. Grant's struggling for whatever reason, throw Hauser in there and maybe get a spark. But outside of that, you know, if, if you have to lean into the Cornets and Peyton Pritchard's of the world, probably not a good sign for where you're at in the, in that, in that moment. So uh, lean on the eight that we thought were going to be the guys and play everybody in that group, big minutes as more, you know, well, treading cautiously with your centers and uh, and good things should happen. They spread around like I feel like last night's box score minutes wise was almost like the perfect, first right? like perfect clear cut. Yeah, it took seventy games, but they got there. <laughs> they got there. So you did you did say on Saturday that you thought maybe Joe was slow playing us on all of this. That it was I, just I, like I, you know. Right? Can we? Can I, can I? Can I? Now I have to unequivocally say I can't like just firmly say that I don't. I don't trust that 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 that's not that's not a possibility. That he's just running one play. That he's just you know doing all just these keep things. Everything just, in the just, just just to keep everything close to the vest so that they can crank it up a level in the postseason. But uh, better late than never. 
the other thing um i also want to talk about with joe after uh, in his post-game press conference after the sacramento win he and he kind of like poo-pooed me like yeah listen like if this was a four and two road trip at the beginning of the season everyone you know like we wouldn't be in first place all year like everyone be praising this like pretty much telling everyone who's been on their case over the last couple weeks to like hey back off I I don't. Do you agree with that? No, I don't agree with that. Yeah. At all. I, that's like, listen, this isn't a road trip situation. This is a last two or three months situation where. Right. And number two, Joe, like, what is the what is the goal right now? Your goal is not to be a second round team that like you know mm-hmm. puts together one for you know the Gipper and then goes out in a, in a blaze of glory. No, this is like you guys are the have been pretty much the favorite, the title favorites all year long. And to be fair to him. Like the Warriors last year to end the regular season, they weren't great. They didn't have like yeah, but they're the Warriors. Like, they're the I, War- I, exactly, they have the resume. Yeah, and and that's what I just go back to is people can be upset and be like, oh come on, you're like you know you, you're not going to have it every night. Like the Rockets wanted it more that night, and Utah, the size was the issue. Yeah, for sure. Like those are all true statements. But it wasn't. We weren't freaking out about those two losses in a vacuum. We were freaking out about the fact that there has been slippage for two and a half months. And a, a pattern of over a half season of data that suggests the Celtics are not nearly the title contender that we thought they were at the start of the year. And last night is a refreshing dive back closer to what they can be and what they need to be if they're going to have success in the playoffs. And so I don't think it's asking a lot to just be like, be that more often, uh, you know, put yourselves in the best position to win in those moments by leaning on your best players uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, just have a little bit of momentum going into the playoffs because it, uh, it, it sure felt like, you know, they needed a little, a little bit of, uh, of juice and however they need to, to find it. And whether it's the seasons changing and Jalen Brown saying the energy shifting again or whatever, uh, you know, bottle up whatever you want. All right. We're going to wrap up on Jalen in a second here. One other thing we haven't even mentioned, I think Tatum yet, um, in terms of what he looked like on Tuesday night mm. in that game, I, I kind of compared it to like Paul Pierce back in the day when he Ooh. just would like feast on smaller defenders in the post and stuff like that. And I know Sacramento is a trash defensive team, so it's tough to <laughs> take anything out of that one. Like, okay, you're not going to, he's not going to be able to do that against any, you know, playoff team in the East. Right. But that like, you know, type of bully ball, we just haven't seen from him in a while here. And I don't know whether someone, like you said, you know, how Horford talked to these guys or someone else got in his, his ear to be like, listen, like if the three is not working, man, like you can get yeah. 40 in other ways here. I think it's more, he, if you look at Tatum's pattern, it's when the, the opposing team doesn't have backline defense, he's just different in terms of aggression. It's like he's, he sees Sabonis and he says, he can't stop me. And, you know, looks at the other defenders and, and is aggressive. He needs to have that mindset, even when Giannis and Brooke Lopez are on that back line. And like, I, that I can't, you know, uh, that you have to attack more and that you can't just settle for threes. And so uh, I think that's the, I don't, I don't again, I, I need to see, that's why I can't take anything out of a one game sample because that's a bad defensive team. Now it's great that you bottled up their offense and did what you did. Uh, but like, I need to see Tatum put together a string of games here. Uh, and really the less we talk about Tatum, the better, because that means he's just doing what Tatum does and, yeah. and, you know, super efficient and same thing. Like we got done last night and the Jays paired up for what, 66 points. And it's like, oh yeah, they're great. You know, you just, it's just what they do now. And so, uh, you know, hopefully, 
hopefully it continues. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that, that means the Celtics are in a good spot if they just, uh, if they do it, but yeah, he needs to be aggressive, like regardless of who's back there. I think that's the number one thing I would love to see from Tatum to the finish line of the season. Trying to think like the Bucks game, obviously going up against Embiid, you know, don't lose your aggression based on how good the defense is in the front line. 111 combined points for the starters in that uh, game. Again, that was, that was as perfect of an offense performance as you'll see all season when you factor in three turnovers and the that's, I mean, and, and I can't believe it took us that long to get the turnovers. Yeah. Like that was the, the best or five turnovers. I'm sorry. I misread that yeah, five, but three live. I think three live ball. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it unreal. Like, I mean, it's just a reminder of how good they can be offensively when they take care of the ball. Like they were, I didn't think it was like exceptional offensive level. It's just really, really crisp and efficient. And all of a sudden you look up and they're like, Whoa, 132. Okay. That's what, that's what you do. Does. Uh, all right, let's wrap here on the Jalen Brown quote unquote situation, mm. i.e., laying quote. out the uh, what everyone just saying out loud what everyone saw kind of coming, I guess, in terms of like, yes, Jalen Brown um, probably feels hurt by years and years of trade rumors. Um, mm-hmm. Yet, Jalen Brown is not going to commit uh, to signing up a team as of, you know, when he can't sign the most for the most possible money, right. which is totally reasonable stances and smart stances to, to take for any free agent. There was more there. I, you know, he obviously didn't, and this is obviously the piece on the ringer. Go check it out. If you haven't seen it in the last um, 24 hours, uh, but there was a lot in here. So I guess I'll just throw it to you. Like what, out of everything you saw in here, like what, if anything kind of stuck out to you in terms of what he said or what either, you know, Brad or Kyrie, anything, yeah. So I, I mean, I think that the, the, the number one takeaway obviously is like you, you, you come away and you're thinking when you read the quotes, you're like, Oh, like, does he love being in Boston? And we have to remember he is being asked these questions about his future. And you know, that I don't know if there's any way and he, he had a great line at, I think at some point in that ringer piece where he said, you know, I, I don't even want to answer this because Boston fans are going to, are going to freak out no matter what I say. And like, you know, it's true. Like he could be like, I want to be here forever, but he can't say that until he knows he's going to get the money and he like that. He is a focal point. And you balance that with the fact that he has sort of not been the go go to guy at the end of games. And he's had like pockets of moments, but you know, the Utah game accentuated Tatum's terrible in that game. And he gets both the final plays were supposed to be for him on that two for one. So um, I can understand his roller coaster of emotions in Boston. And just like you said, the, the trade rumors and all that, um, I'm glad that Jalen's line last night when he was sort of confronted about it was, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw any more gasoline on this fire. I have thoughts, but I'm not, not, I'm not sharing them now. Like, let's get through this because ultimately if he does land on an all NBA team, and I'm curious your thoughts on whether that will actually happen. Um, he's going to get $290 million and he'll sign the deal and he'll be here for seven years. And like, you know, everything will be hunky dory. If he doesn't get all NBA and, you know, we'll see what happens with the TV rights and uh, the next CBA and all that. And like, you know, there's still a pathway to retaining him at tons of money. Uh, but yeah, there's some uncertainty right now in terms of, you know, you just, none of these things are guaranteed. Um, he also has to want to be here, you know, like the, he could wake up and he could sign a deal and then be like, you know, I want to go play somewhere else. People do that all the time. I don't suspect that's going to happen. And I don't think Celtics fans should worry themselves about it. Um, I think, Jalen typically comes from a good place when he's trying to either, you know, whether it's standing up for Kyrie and, you know, the missteps that he makes aren't 
aren't like malicious. He's uh he often tries to like he's he's looking out for people, for friends, for for things he believes in, and sometimes he just goes awry and you know doesn't understand the consequences of of what he says might you know fall back on him a little bit. And so uh, I, I, that's uh, that's my big takeaway is that he he's being asked tough questions. He's giving some fairly honest answers, uh, but I don't read anything much more into it about his future. I still think, especially if he gets all NBA, he's here. He's here for five more years tacked on up with the, uh, the year that's left. So it's going to be a while. Yeah. It's. And with so much in play here from a team standpoint, like, and like, obviously from the future CBA, like you mentioned where he can, that that's when, these questions become far more like pressing and, and immediate. But now, I mean, the timing was just bad in terms of like, oh, the, the Celtics had a rough go of it the last two months. And now, you know, this article drops on a before things kind of come back together in Sacramento on Tuesday night that magnifies it. But it is, I mean, just it does place an extra like beyond thing. Like, what, where does he want to play going forward? Like, he, it sounds like he's been pretty good. He wants to win. So if the Celtics win or get back to the finals it's it's harder to even envision in a scenario where even if he can't sign that extension that he's going to go somewhere else because right there's there's gonna be very few places out there that offer him as good a chance of winning as the Celtics. maybe you can count them on one hand of that mm. so from that standpoint that's clearly probably what the organization is most worried about right now with him i do think you do wonder you know when you hear like the, the kevin durant that's the, the three-way call of Brad and right and Tatum. You you hear that stuff and you're like, well, why was he the one to initiate that call? Stuff like that. You True. wonder like in hindsight, it's like, oh, maybe they should have gotten out in front of this a little bit more. But and, at the same time, and, and I wonder that too. Like, I mean, Brad's usually very proactive about that. We'll never know the full story about you know, but I think you do have to be like, if you're Brad and that stuff's going on, you got to be the first one to make that call. You can't be sitting there waiting for 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 Brown to initiate. Um, do you, do you think he gets all NBA this year? Have you started crunching? I haven't looked too deep. It seems from just what I've been observing and reading around and people talking about, yep. like guard is just not going to happen because there's too many guards. Right. Forward with all the injuries there seems like a, a possibility. And honestly, it probably depends a lot on how these how the season ends for the Celtics and how the next eight games go because he could, with Durant and LeBron, if those guys right. don't reappear and they're under 50 games and then, I mean, They'll get some votes, but that's clearly a window for Jalen to get in in that in that spot. Um, but I haven't I haven't really dug super deep in terms of how he stacks up with like the borderline candidates. Yeah, and it just feels like every time I sort of sit there and I do it in my head, I say, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy. I think there's room for him, and then you know you forget SGA and like guys guys that have had really good seasons that maybe don't just pop off the page because they're on weaker teams. Right. I guess SGA deserves to be on there. And so he's probably going to be, and that that's okay. You know, that, that that's fine. Even though his team didn't, didn't win a whole lot. And uh, but yeah, I, I and I, I got to check into the whole, uh, does he qualify? Guard like, I don't know. Like we'll talk to league on that stuff. I feel like that'll yeah. get some, I'm, that's stuff that obviously doesn't matter, but it did honestly matter a couple years ago for Tatum when he, you know, yeah. got more votes than Kyrie, but he was a forward instead of a guard that year. So he didn't get it. And I thought, and what was the, if I'm remembering right, it was because, you know, essentially he slotted on X amount of ballots as a, a guard or a forward. Right. And like, you know, and so that, that's a category. You're right. Right. That's what it is. It's like, that's the category 
if you're placed more as a forward than a guard in the ballots, and that's what you're put in as, right? Like, that, that's and where so, your votes go towards. And so, I mean, it could be crazy for Jalen if he spots on, like, if some people muscle him in as a guard, but he doesn't get, you know, essentially credit for it. Uh, I don't know. So uh, uh, we're going to have to, that's just something to keep an eye on. It's, uh, he's certainly in the mix. He certainly, you know, probably deserves a bigger spotlight on that. And I suspect the Celtics should, you know, probably start hammering that drum and putting out the full court press well, on that. You know, I, well, this uh, is, this, this also tells you right. Rob Williams is not going to be starting the rest of the year. So Derek ooh. White starts and Jalen is a forward in that lineup. Oh, interesting. I mean, conspiracy B Rob is, yeah, of course, Jalen's a Ford. Joe Missoula played and Marcus Smart. Joe Missoula is playing checkers. I mean, chess, and we're just all playing checkers. And he is, <laughs> uh, he's got it all mapped up. He'd know how to put, make the candidacy, candidacy work. And I, honestly, like, if I'm, if I'm guessing why Jalen did some of these media tours, and it's clear he talked to the ringer like previously earlier in the yeah, year. Yeah, this was, this was and, months ago. Those probably, but like, you know. I saw Sopan down in down in Houston. He bombed in and 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 got Jalen at the hotel. So it's clearly like the team had it said had, had had been okay with setting that up and stuff like that. Um, you know, part of it is is being out in the spotlight and uh, you know accentuating his season and all that. It's uh it's too bad that the, the the his play isn't more the focal point of of what what this is. But uh, no press is bad press, I guess. So uh, as long as he's in a spotlight and and our voters get a little bit of a reminder of what he's doing, maybe it'll help his case here at the finish line. All right, wrap up on this. What's your gut say in terms of where they finish right now? <sighs> game ahead of the Sixers. Two, six at home, three, Ray coming up, but all three roadies are are tough ones. I'm uh, more worried about the homes. Like, yeah, right, the, I mean, it's true. The Wizards, Spurs, and uh, Pacers are the ones that uh, that tend to trip up this team. Uh, you know, so much will hinge on, but sp- specifically that first game. So they go up to uh, Milwaukee on Thursday of next week. Yes, all right. Yeah, they go Washington and, and Milwaukee next week. Right. That's a road trip. So. Uh, I suspect they'll go full lineup that night. Like you'll have Al in the front night of a back-to-back. I assume, even though you could stagger and play Rob the second night, I don't think. I think you just got to go all out for that matchup, I especially go, yeah. after you, you need that pull the plug, you. the last one. And so, if they win that, it does open the door to the one. Um, I know Milwaukee's schedule isn't particularly daunting. Philadelphia is already bitching about how tough its schedule is. I heard Doc like crying about it again. Jesus, like, you know, <laughs> it's always something down there. I just, that's why I just can't take that team seriously. Uh, so my, my gut says two, um, but I'm eager to see how it looks against Milwaukee and just like how much motivation this team has after this little bump in the road. And, uh, you know, again, part of that could be how the next three games go. If you win all three of those and now you're on a four game winning streak and you're feeling good, uh, maybe that helps you as you head up to Milwaukee and uh, with a chance to legitimately make a play for that one seed. Although what, what is our, uh, like, I, I, this is another like thing that we need to start worrying about. Like, no, I don't know if worry is the right word, but it, what is the best seed? Like it, is the one seed and getting the, 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 the playing loser or the number two seed, like, do you have a preference based on, on what's uh how it's stacking uh, up so far? I mean, yeah. Like ones I would, yeah, I think, Honestly, I think your ideal seed is like not playing the Heat in the first round, for, right? For just the the degree of difficulty that that to be yep. series could could play on you. The one versus two, yeah, like uh, you want home court against Milwaukee, but and as far as opponents go, like that's a complete crapshoot in terms of who you're going to get there. And so if Miami, I think the key thing is like if Miami gets into that six, which it looks like it's going to happen, then you really mm-hmm. don't want to drop down to the three. And 
face them in the first round and then have to go on the road in round two because that's that's the path where I mean, you run into you know the most trouble far be it for me to say that we should not be trying to get a florida team in round <laughs> one based on my yep. weather preferences uh but i think i agree you know in atlanta wouldn't be a bad uh you know yeah. trying, like they, they're probably going to be what they'll be seven um Eight would be close. It could be anyone. I mean, it's Brooklyn or Brooklyn, you know, like yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, who could? But who is Brooklyn going to win those playing games? I don't know. And then you have yeah, Chicago kind of coming up the rear with with the they're playing a little better with, since they got Beverly. True. So Toronto, yeah. Toronto. I mean, oh no, it could be on Toronto. I mean, Toronto could be a tough series. Um, Weather and like you just the Celtics don't play well up there, and yeah. I know that they're not as formidable as they have in the past, but like still Siakam can get you going. Bar like, yeah. So long story short, I think I think you uh, much like they did last year, you let seeding play itself out, but with the idea that you're trying to go strong to the finish line and uh, you know win that game up there, all of a sudden you get the tiebreaker. You know, it uh, it eases the path to potentially get back into that one scene. And wouldn't that be just the way it is? Like if we all lost our minds for two and a half months, and then these these guys—I almost call them jerks—but uh, these <laughs> these guys go and stumble their way into the or, or fight their way into the one seed, and and all is all is well with the world. And then it'll just come out that Joe was slow playing us all and knew all along he could just get these guys to ramp up at late. And I don't know. We'll 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 see if it all works out in the end. Wouldn't put it past him. Wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> know, that's funny. Um, it. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the Wing Place Pod brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, make sure you're checking out Chris Forsberg, as always, on the Celtics Talk podcast. Celtics post up coming up today. And I if, well, I think I haven't decided yet, B-Rob, but I think we're going full full Robert Williams for the Forsberg four, which means I yes. just get to, to, to glow about Rob for, for four uninterrupted minutes for uh, no other reason than uh, I selfishly want to do that. It's as far as I'm, you should do the whole half hour. It's <laughs> like, forget everything else. Rob's back. Everyone's let everyone's, me program the show. Back. Exactly. It's, it's a matter of time, but make sure you're checking that out as well. And we will catch you guys um, later this week when the Celtics are back in town.